Welcome to another episode of Sound Connections. Today we've got Bill Ostry from Shure. Uh, he happened to be in town doing some work with us, so we thought we would uh, wrangle him in here and get him in front of a microphone, a Shure microphone. Good thing it's a yeah. Shure microphone. Thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're excited because it's like minus 20 where you're from. Yeah, it's freezing. There was a snowstorm on the way here, so happy to get on a plane and get into some 50-degree weather, 50, which yeah. is it's really about hot. 45 degrees warmer than it is in Chicago right now. So You did you did get here right at the, the peak of our cold front, so... It's not snowing, so I'm happy. Yeah. That's, All right. That's a good start. So you're here uh, on behalf of Shore here in Florida. That's correct. To work with us on some stuff and see some customers. Yeah. So... Um, how long you worked there and how wow. did you get there? Now that's a tough question. I think it's 12 years. Was it like a work release program or something or did you just? <laughs> <laughs> I just kept showing up and eventually they just <laughs> they let me in. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I worked for another manufacturer uh, prior to this uh, for several years. And uh, eventually I was connected with the right person through 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 another rep and said, "Hey, you know, they they were looking for someone to uh, uh, fill in uh, the uh, market development position, and um, my background just seemed to be just kind of the right fit for that. And I was lucky enough to get a, an interview, and uh, the rest is kind of history. Nice. Who'd you have to interview with first? So I interviewed with uh, Jim Shantz. Yeah, I know Jim. Yeah, that must have been fun. That, at the was, same time, a little scary. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. Was probably the most comical uh, interview I've ever been a part of. He's so funny. I mean, he's just yeah, a, he's he just is. a great person to interview you. And uh, and then of course Rick Renner and yeah, the, the whole line I had. And Rick's already been there more than twelve years. Yeah, he's been there longer than me. Holy smokes, time flies. I think he's a year year more than me. Okay, so. all right. So when you so the market development position. Um, what what division? So back then we didn't have the pro and and systems no. divided, right? So you were yeah. You well, were, actually, pro systems and retail were all still under the same umbrella. Okay. So when I came on board, it was right about the time that we were about to release. Um, just before MXW came out, I okay. believe, and ULXD. It's mm -hmm. all jumbling together. That's how long I've been there. But um, at that time, it seemed to make more sense that we could do a little bit more uh, benefit to our customers and to the company by splitting off the pro and systems as its own group. Right. And retail had its own vertical as well. So we could actually cater to the customers a little bit better and yeah. do each, each one of those verticals a little bit more justice. And then it was so successful then uh, that we had an opportunity to once again, split off pro from systems just because those are two very different yeah. groups as well. And um, it's been really successful for uh, both the company and the customers because we can get a lot closer to the needs of the, the different aspects of the different verticals. Because you've got someone that's a retail retailer, they don't really need to know about what's going on in the broadcast studio, for example, yeah. who doesn't need to know about what's going on in the, you know, the corporate boardroom. So uh, that way we can tailor to each one of those, uh, those groups and have specialists associated with each one of them. Right. So um, it's, been, it's been really good. So, uh, so now, you know, you're our regional sales manager for Pro, but going back, what drew you to the uh, business development position? I mean, to me, that sounds like a fun gig. Like, I, I see some of the other BDMs 
and, and, and what they get to do for their jobs. But what drew you to that? Well, so prior to Sure, I was with another manufacturer, uh, sales manager there, um, which was actually my second go around with that manufacturer because I took actually a three-year hiatus away from the industry. Okay. And I had a, um, a company with my brother in Chicago. So prior to that, I, I worked with that uh, manufacturer for a couple of years as a, a system sales engineer. And then when I came back, rolled into a uh, sales manager position. But all of that actually going farther back, uh, I really got my start off in the industry while I was studying audio and acoustics at Columbia in Chicago. I did several internships and one was with um, a company called Bridgewater Custom Sound, which if you're from Chicago uh, and you are in audio and production, everyone has taken their turn there. I don't even know if they're still in business. I don't think they are anymore, but everyone that, uh, it was like a rite of passage. Um, I still come across people now that like, hey, you worked there? I, I didn't know you worked there. I worked there too. Actually, someone recently, we, he was working in shipping at the same time I was there. We'd never even met each other when, when we were working there. But so anyway, Bridgewater was a, uh, they were a production company, but they also had an uh, integration side. So I was studying systems design at Columbia. Uh, so I did an internship there and then I got hired and I was, I was working there. Um, and then I had an opportunity to do another internship at uh, a company called Kierkegaard in Chicago, an acoustics internship. So I started there uh, under the acoustics umbrella. And then they, one of the other fellows there realized that I uh, knew systems, the systems uh, design side. So he kind of snatched me and took me under his wing uh, uh, and really just fostered my, my growth in, the, in that side of the, the industry. And uh, so I worked there for a little while. So what kind of firm were they? Were they consulting or? Consultant, yeah, okay. consultant. Uh, mostly performing arts facilities. So right. concerts, theaters, things like that. And it was it was it was great. It it was it taught me a lot, and I I got a chance to learn to speak with uh, all different types of individuals in the industry, from architects to the end users to um, everyone in between. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was really good. And then uh, I had an opportunity to come move to Florida, so I moved to yeah. That's that was a you told me that story once, but yeah, that it, yeah. that was a wild ride and. Uh, I went to work for another company down in uh, Miami. I got down there, uh, you know, so I'm from Chicago. I got on a plane, left very stormy, middle of winter Chicago. I landed, I saw the palm trees and I was sold like instantly. And uh, uh, when I went in there, I went into this office. There were several cubicles full of engineers drafting and putting together designs. And uh, uh, the person that had hired me. I don't remember exactly how we got introduced, uh, but I, I think it was at a trade show. He he caught wind, he caught my name from someone else and he hunted me down at the trade show. So kind of interviewed me on the spot and then convinced me to come down for a formal interview, which I did. So anyway, I, six months later, I was down in Florida. I walked in and he said, this is my last week. Oh no. <laughs> and I turned around like everyone else, had, all the cubicles were empty because all the other engineers had quit. Turns out this place was kind of a revolving door for engineers. Oh, right. So I got thrown into the hot seat and I was doing some pretty big jobs um, from not only from systems design for like the venues, because um, these were multi-room uh, multi um, designs. And uh, so I was, I was doing a lot of those and designs I had no business doing uh, on some of the 
some of the aspects I like one was like a boardroom, for example, I had never designed a boardroom in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of thrown into the hot water, uh, the boiling water and, uh, just treaded and kept my head above water, uh, for about a year and a half, got to do a lot of, a lot of designs when I was there. So I moved down there and like three months later, nine 11 happened. Oh, right. So, uh, oh, yeah. the company that I was working for had to completely do a 180 on what they were even working on. Right. Because it was, it was cruise ships at the time. That's what I was brought down there to do was work on cruise, ship, uh, cruise ships designs. And uh, so next thing you know, we were, we were bidding on theater jobs with a whole crew of people that didn't know anything about doing any of the land-based jobs. It was really, it was, it was quite interesting. So uh, at that time, I got to meet uh, another rep that was in Florida and he said, hey, you know what? I know these guys out of California that are looking for someone uh, with some of your qualifications. I said, okay. So he, uh, he connected me with uh, uh, Jerry Clements from RDL. So I ended up flying out to, to meet him in California. I got off the plane and I smelled all the, <laughs> smelled all the wildflowers. It was just like, it, it was, yeah. the sun was shining. It was like my, uh, it was just one of those amazing moments where I got off the plane. I was like, I hope this goes well because this could be kind of cool. And I always wanted to learn how to surf. And uh, I was like, what could be worse than living in Santa Barbara? So uh, that did go well. I got a chance to, um, to work with uh, RDL for a couple of years. And then uh, unfortunately, Jerry passed away. So at that point, I had a decision to make. California, as you can guess, was so expensive. Right. So expensive. At the time, I was actually renting a room with four UCSB grad students. Oh, my gosh. In this townhouse. I was living with these guys and my rent was, it was an insane, like insane, it was like 400 bucks a month, which is like, I actually was living next door to them, renting a room with another guy, paying like twice as much. And they were like, hey, this guy just moved out. Do you want him to take his spot? So I went and like, as soon as my lease ended, I moved in with the, uh, the, the grad students. So there was, a, there was a point where I was like, you know, I think I could make enough money working at like In-N-Out Burger, you know, to pay, you know, 400 bucks a month to live with, you know, some UCSB grad students and hang out and I don't know, go to the parties and have a good time. And, uh, but then my brother called, uh, I was talking to my brother and he had just started a company in Chicago. I put two and two together and I thought about it a little bit more. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this was maybe an opportunity for me to go back to Chicago and be closer to my family. And cause I'd been gone for a couple of years at that yeah. point. And uh, um, I ended up having a, a printing and mailing company with my brother. So it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's nothing like running a business, I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah. The well. uh, um, complex nature of managing multiple employees. Not that employees are bad, but everyone's, got a, everyone's got a personality. Uh, and then you've got worse, like, which is the customers. Not worse. I mean, customers are great. But, yeah, well, um, no. It's, it's, a, it's a challenging gig, right? It's it, a challenging it is. gig. It, and it, it can be rewarding, but it can also be yeah. you know, uh, draining, right? It, it can be yeah. draining. And we had an, uh, an amazing group of people that were part of it. And it was awesome working with my brother. But eventually, you know, after a few years, it was, we were just working. We were working our asses off. And uh, at some point, it's just saying, it's just, we kind of looked at each other. We had a come to Jesus talk and it's like, you know what? I don't think this is, this is not going well for any one of us. Cause we were all working so hard and we weren't, 
we were growing the company like exponentially. It was going great, but it just it was just burning us out. Mm -hmm. So at that time, my friend Jeff from RDL gave me a call and said, "Hey, you know, come back. Love to have you back." And uh, so that was just perfect timing. But you so, didn't have to move to California that time. That time I did not. Right. So, so you had to stay in Chicago and work for RDL. Yeah. So I could work out of Chicago. Yeah. And, because I was, you know, traveling all the time anyway. It was yeah. So yeah. Travel. Exactly. So it's quite common. Um, it just it just made more sense yeah. for them and for me. And uh, although I wouldn't have, if they told me I had to go move back to Santa Barbara, I probably would have been fine with that. <laughs> you know. So I, I went back to work for RDL and uh, um, worked there for about a year and a half, and then um, someone tipped me off that sure was looking. So right through my hat in the ring. Yeah. Hometown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone from Chicago is like, you know, that's, if you're in audio, that's the company. Yeah. That's the company you want to work for. Right. And, uh, I've, I've been totally blessed and lucky up to this point. Us too. There's lucky and blessed. I don't know which one comes first. Uh, it's been a, a tremendously rewarding, uh, ride at this point, you know, up to this mm -hmm. point. So I'm curious, two things. But we'll start with the first. So if we go way back, why audio? Like, so many people in our industry are musicians. Are you? Aren't you? I've got a family of musicians. Okay. Uh, for the most part. Like um, that gypsy band you were talking about? Yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite a gypsy band. <laughs> uh, so I'm the, I'm the youngest of five. And I've got four older siblings. And all of them, except for one, my, my oldest brother didn't play any instruments i don't think but he was he definitely was you know in um in choir and stuff like that so he was he sang but my sister played piano and timpani and percussion and uh my my uh brother jim played the drums and my brother pat he played uh, uh the bass guitar there was always music at the house so um, i like the music outside right now like, you, is hear there? That? you hear the car it's like a car I'm, so i'm a drummer and so, i can't yeah. hear anything anymore okay Everything like yeah, 4K just, and above, it's just all right. Well, these, this is low. This is low. Like, oh, okay. Boom, boom. Well, I guess everything below <laughs> yeah. 4K is also <laughs> so. Um, anyway, so you had this family, your brothers and your sister. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we had. Uh, um, uh, there was always always music at our house, and uh, um, my brother uh, went away to college, and he said, you know, so I'm I'm the youngest of of five, but there's like a seven year gap between me and the next oldest brother. I was the, um, I guess, oops, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. My mom always said I was intended. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, whatever. She, but, yeah, that's what she tells you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, when my brother Jim went away to college, he was like, he couldn't bring his drums to college. So I just, I just commandeered him. And so I started playing when I was about five. When he came back from college, you know, was, did you this is the story he always tells like i was I, apparently i was like can you do this can you do this and i just kept like you know because he was my older brother i wanted to be better than him right right eventually he just looked at me he's like just keep the drums you know? keep the drums yeah <laughs> nice but we always had amplifiers and you know pa and uh we had pretty funny we had this um setting have you ever seen those custom like the vinyl covered column loudspeakers with custom amplifiers yeah. have you seen yeah, those yeah yeah. We had one of those. It was like nice. It was it, So how'd your parents feel about all this? Like all you loud they, they loved it. They were cool. They were cool. Yeah. 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 They, what about your neighbors? They're cool. I think they I I think in general, I mean, we had a really really tight block yeah. where I grew up. And a lot of the neighbors thought it was awesome. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. 
You must have been talented. Otherwise, Sorry. they might have had something to say. I, you know, <laughs> I would love to say that I was talented, but I, um, I think my, my parents probably des- deserve an, an award like any other parent of a yeah. percussionist. Percussion, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had another drummer here on the on the podcast and similar. Yeah, just parents were very patient. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Encouraging. Uh, I don't know how they, they did it. Maybe they, I, I, maybe when I wasn't looking, they were actually out of the house because I was playing. I, I, yeah. I just put on so, my hands uh, and just started playing. So you go from, you know, starting drums at five, to playing and you play in high school. Like, did you, were you in band or... Yeah, or, so or in a band, I was in a couple of bands in high school. So I was in the school band. Well, the first couple of years in high school, I was into sports. Then I blew out my knee, so I joined the marching band and also the jazz band and orchestra. I think um, eventually I joined the marching band and uh, actually became a music major in college. So uh, eventually I moved into that. But through high school, I was in. I was in. You know. Garage band, a garage band, I guess. Uh, yeah. A couple of them, and we used to play these awesome epic shows. I mean, they were they were pretty fun because we we were totally mischievous. But we'd take over someone's house, and we'd probably have like between a hundred and two hundred people at these houses. Oh wow! And um, there was there was our band, and then there was another one or two other bands that we were all just we were all just totally playing house music parties, and having yeah. fun. And uh, nice. We it, it, the, the shows were pretty awesome. We had a lot of fun doing that. One of the bands, I still love the name of it. So we only played one show because we got asked uh, to play this <laughs> show at the school outdoor during lunch. Uh, but we we decided to put together this band. It was called Hooked on Sconics. I still love the name. That's a great. So it was a that's a great band. Name. Yeah, we played one show, and you know the bass player broke a string in the middle of it, and we got like four songs, in, and then we stopped. We never played again. Oh my god, that gosh. was pretty awesome. That's a shame. But uh, yeah, and then you know like. College was, uh, I yeah. So so college, but how'd you get from drummer to like acoustics? I mean, very like I don't know many people that yeah. purposely go to college for acoustics. So how'd you figure that out? So uh, acoustics was the uh, I don't know the seventh major that I had. Okay. So I you started it, off. You so started off. funny enough. Like this is it's going to go crazy. So I went to SIU for. Uh, originally for aviation <laughs> uh, because I wanted to go be a pilot. Um, and I got there and I was like, eh. Uh, and so, I was so, like, what am I so going to do? So what was it you didn't like about that? I was just curious. I just, I, you know, I I think I thought about it more and I was like, that's not really. Yeah, your heart wasn't in it. It'd be, it'd be like fun to get a private pilot's license and maybe fly, you know, but. Not doing commercial. Yeah, not. Work. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't. That didn't really seem that appealing to me after a while. I think I didn't really have a plan. Right. It's probably the reality. I didn't uh, know exactly what I wanted to do, but so I picked aviation. And SAU is like one of the best schools to do that. So that's where I went. Um, one of my brother's friend uh, friends went there uh, for aviation. He, he did really well. So I was like, oh, I'll just go there. Uh, it's also one of the only schools that accepted me. I wasn't exactly the best student uh, in uh, <laughs> high school. In high school, I was a B. I was a B student, but um, so I got to SIU, and I was like, "Well, I'm here. I might as well just get my my gen eds out of the way." And then I was like, "Well, they've got marching band, they've got orchestra," and I I joined it, and then I realized like this is really what I wanted to do. So I decided to become a music major 
and studied the marimba. That was my, my instrument of choice. That's not something you hear every day. No. And I had never played a marimba before in my life. I, I actually got pretty good at it, you know, but I was nothing amazing. Like, you know, there's prodigy. Like, how many marimba players do you know? Like, I, I don't, obviously, only one now. Obviously, there's a theme that, like, I didn't really have a plan here. I was just kind of like just winging <laughs> right? it, you know? I really just wanted to go to college and hang out and drink some beers and eat burritos, you know, at midnight yeah. with my friends and uh, party. And, you know, music was, a, uh, was great because it actually kept me, I learned a lot being in marching band and in uh, um, pep band. So I was in the pep band. I was, played the drums for the, for the pep band, which was, which was a lot of fun. All the basketball games. That was, right. I said I use a big basketball school. So gotcha. Um, I can actually say I've played the drums in, in an arena, not like in a rock and roll setting, but right. it was a, yeah. you know, in a pep band. Yeah, it was, that was lots of fun. I, you know, but at a certain point you kind of got to come to reality. It's like, the hell am I going to do with marimba? <laughs> like yeah. performance degree, you know, it's like, so I didn't want to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the rest of my life. Not that if, if you do eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, that's totally fine. It's, it's fine. That's something I want to do. Yeah. So I, I was like, how can I make money in audio? Like you start to grow up a little bit. You're, so you're in well, college and you're growing up a little bit, starting to think about yeah. longer term. And of course I was like, well, how do you make money in music? You can go into recording because you can make tons of money in recording, oh, right? Yeah. Lots of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I finished up my two years at, uh, at SIU and, and I, I realized it's like, I'm just going to go back. I remember seeing the literature from Columbia college and, I went and applied, and uh, they have a recording program. I assume they have a yeah. they have a um, an audio audio arts program. At the time, they didn't actually really have a full fledged acoustics. It wasn't called the audio. Now it's called audio arts and acoustics, I believe. At that point, it was just part of the audio division. Right. But then I got there, and you know, the very first day in orientation, they're like, you get the the whole auditorium was full of like. It's probably, I don't know, a couple hundred kids in there, right? Because they're all going to be like recording engineers. Yeah. We're all going to be famous. We're going to make money. Yeah. And was, I'll never forget it. The, the person walked on the stage and said, who's here to become a recording engineer? Uh, and everyone put their hands up. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And they looked and said, none of you are going to be recording engineers, but we're going to show you how to make money in audio, you know? And, <laughs> and then they, they did follow it up and say, if you really, really want to learn recording, we will set you on the right path to do that. But uh, it was kind of an eye-opener. I was like, okay, well, then I realized, well, they've got live audio. So yeah, that's, that's the path I went down was starting to study live audio. Got to um, learn from uh, Feedback Jack, Jack Alexander, who was one of the main um, uh, live sound guys there. I had a chance to take a few classes with him, but then it, I realized quickly that there was this audio systems uh, designing systems. And I didn't even know that that was a thing at the time. So mm -hmm. I started studying that. And then as I was into that, they were talking about how acoustics were so important. So then I took a couple of acoustics classes. I was like, this is really what I like. So I don't know how many, if you keep in track of how many times I changed my major in, yeah. in like a three-year period. But uh, eventually I landed in the acoustics program and uh, I got to study all aspects of acoustics, uh, mostly room acoustics and and vibration control and uh, it, it was, it was awesome. It, it gave me a great, uh, foundation to launch my career off of. But the other thing that was really important is that they, they focused on making sure that you did internships. And that was probably the best, uh, one of the best things that I ever did was the internships mm -hmm. just because you, 
you don't know what you're doing until you actually go out and do the work. And I'll never forget, you know, so my my first internship, they were paying me. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, they're not in business anymore. So I guess it was like five. First internship, I didn't get paid. They gave me, I think, five bucks a day. And it was like, five bucks. It was like a 30 mile commute to it from, from my house. So, like, I spent, you know, gas was a little less expensive. So I, I remember that every day, this is, this is, I was so broke in, in college. I would bring a sleeve of saltines and I would go to the, <laughs> this is funny, a sleeve of saltines and I would go to the Wendy's, which was right next door to the place I was working. And I would get like their, their $1 chili. And I would eat that whole thing of, of saltines with chili. Uh, that's, that was my lunch. That's like, that was my food. <laughs> so all this time, I mean, I was, I was doing the these chili's interviews. pretty good though. What's that? The Wendy's chili. I mean, it used to be, I haven't I mean, had it in years. Yeah, but. I haven't had any. Yeah. I, I'm kind of done with it. I yeah. think I, you, yeah. I, I might, maybe I'll try you it. Might've gone off it now. Right. You know, but I'm getting kind of hungry. Bring back maybe we'll go for memories. some Wendy's after this. Yeah. Let's go for, let's go to Wendy's. Yeah, how about it? Double stack and, and yeah. some, uh. I have another friend that loves Taco Bell. I haven't been to a Taco Bell in 20 years either. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. I, I feel it, like I have to try it. It just built one not too far from my house in Oak Park. I'm, I don't know. I might expose the daughters to it, but I don't know. I've, I, mm, yeah. I keep wanting to do it, but I just, I, I think the chili's safe though. You can try that. Yeah. Maybe we'll, anyway. <laughs> so I don't know where I just, kind I don't of know. We we're just talking about your college career. So you went, yeah. So I was just curious how, you know, somebody, you know, some people I think are, I don't know. I, I don't even want to say lucky, but just some people have it all figured out really young and, and no. know exactly what they're going to do and they go and do it and they enjoy it and, 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 and love it. And other people have to, you know, like you have to kind of figure it out along the way. But that, that, that's why I was curious because acoustics, I don't, you know, it's not often I run into somebody that sort of early on their career decided, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and uh, study acoustics. Yeah. Right? It, and then it, ends up, you know. It's just the path just kind of winding through the program at, at yeah. Columbia. It's just, this is the case in any aspect of any industry. There's just parts of the industry that you don't even realize exists until you're exposed to it. And yeah. That was kind of the, the best thing about that program. You so know, do you ever go back to these schools and talk to some of these students? I actually did um, guest appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I taught, I didn't teach. I They had me come in like mm-hmm. as a, um, um, sort of ask someone that worked at Sure, like to talk about. Q&A type. Yeah, thing. Q&A, like how we progressed through the program. And while I was doing all this other stuff, by the way, I was working actually a couple full-time jobs. I was, I was driving a moving truck at the time through a good chunk of college. And then I was also uh, working construction. So it's it, all these things that I was just doing and I was playing a lot of gigs and I was doing actually live sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of things going on. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, there's, there's a bit of luck. There's no doubt about it, but there's also working your ass off. I work oh, yeah. my ass off. I, I, I've yeah. got no qualms. Uh, I, I, I really, say that all the time. Like when I, so when I go yeah. and talk to people at school, I, some people might say I'm lucky, but the the luck or opportunity or blessings, whatever they are, only come if you you know the people around you see that you you deserve it, right? So Absolutely. you work hard, you deserve it, and then opportunity will come, right? Yeah. So and you know um, you know audio is funny because there are a lot of musicians that there there's a lot of people that go into audio and then they just totally. They totally screw it, like they screw it up because they don't even show up. Well, do you know what? And that's like I, I don't that's think the, that's. I think that's because what we're exposed to. So, I know people that went to law school that screw it up. 
Yeah. And they, they spend all that money and time yeah, yeah, going absolutely. through law school and they don't become lawyers. Yeah. Um, or they become really bad lawyers, right? I think it's the same for many professions, but you know, because that's what we're exposed to, I think we can relate to it and like, well, you know, why'd you do you know, do all that work and and then just throw it away, right? Uh, or or give up or you know, whatever the case may be, but it, it's funny. Like, I mean, it's, it's amazing that people, people are given an opportunity and they, they, just, I don't think they realize that. Um, I mean, literally just literally not showing up, Yeah. especially for live audio. No, I mean, yeah. so I, I filled in for this guy once this is, I'm going to date myself here, but, um, I think you've done that a few times. Yeah, already. probably. <laughs> so I think it was like, I don't know, 98 or 99. And one of the guys in one of my live audio classes, like, dude, I got, I got whatever I got to do. It was something stupid. He's like, you gotta, I need someone to go do this show for me at a place called record. I believe it was called record breakers in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And, uh, I was like, eh, what's going to pay. He's like, uh, eh, you might get like 50 bucks or something like that. So I had no idea what I was, you know, what I was getting into. So I show up and, you know, I got everything tuned up and rang out the system and this band came out and they just, they kicked ass. They were awesome. And I was like, these guys are, these guys are fucking awesome. Sorry. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. So I'll try not to drop any more F-bombs. <laughs> these guys, uh, these guys are just awesome. And I was into like, I was totally into punk at the time. And, uh, it turns out, you know, so the, the show ended, the guy's like, I've never had monitors that sounded good like this, like ever. Like I've all the, been doing tours, like I've been on the road for the last like couple of years and we've never had monitors like this. And I was like, you know, at the time I was doing, I was doing audio for a 14 piece orchestra. So I got used to ringing out systems and getting it sounding good. And the guy's like, do you want to go on tour with us? Uh, I'm like, like I'm kind of in this, this other program. Like I can't, yeah. I can't really give that up cause I'm so far along. So I, I passed on, it turns out it was alkaline trio. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, it's kind of funny. At the, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, those guys, if they heard this, they would be like, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. And but you know, it's, but it's just like, I mean, they were just getting going at the time. Like yeah. they'd been out for a couple of years, but they weren't huge. I mean, they were playing this record show, like yeah. this show at this record shop. Like you still made the right choice though. Yeah. You know, I'm, it, it's amazing. You're, you're presented with opportunities. You just, yeah. You just go with the flow, but uh, it's just funny. You know, I remember the guys uh, from that band just being super nice, by the way. You know, I guess that goes for anything, you know, like the people that do well are the ones that have a good attitude yeah. and treat other people with respect. Yes. And, you know, you, you see that with, with, uh, musicians treating like any, any live audio front of house or monitor engineer knows that the minute that the band starts giving any one of them shit, they, they have complete control to make that band <laughs> sound like ass and <laughs> they will because, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, obviously, people on a major tour are not going to do yeah. that. I would never do that. You of would never do that because again, yeah. there's still you do the right thing even yes. when somebody's yes. not right. So I think that you know, uh, which people is, are more likely to go out of their way to yes. to help you yes. if you cheat them with respect. Yeah, and that's a really yeah. that's a really important thing. Yep. I are you agree. a musician? No. Well, well, no. I saw. So, I did see a guitar. In your yeah, head. there's a guitar, and I I uh, took up the guitar. I, I was around music my whole life. Um, but I took up guitar and then I got into this industry and worked so hard that I just gave up all my hobbies. You gave them all up. Yeah. And, but however, I did get a new guitar recently because I plan on taking it back up. Really? Yeah. So 
I'm trying this online thing. We'll see how it works. But you, so, how long did you play guitar before? Did oh, only like a year and a half. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be a struggle. But the last time I did it, I picked it up really quickly. So I had a great teacher, picked it up really quickly. So uh, I think just because I've got a, an ear for it or, or, or a aptitude for it. So I'm hoping that uh, if I put in some effort, I'll pick it up quickly again. So how many people uh, on your team are musicians? Uh, a lot of them. All okay. of them. Do you have a bass player? Is there a bass player in the team? Do we have a bass player at Mainline? I don't, uh, I don't know that we have a bass player. Yeah. You don't? Yeah, Neil could play bass. He plays guitar. You got Craig plays guitar. Cooley plays drums. Uh, What the hell? This is an experience. Yeah, you gotta have. You you need Marco plays the marimba. You need. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, you need a backline here. So next time I'm down here in a year, like we'll plan for a year from now. I just have a have. We'll have a follow up podcast, and you're gonna play. You're gonna play guitar, and we'll. There we go. Kneel over on the bass. Sweet. Step into bass. So you see we got that little bit of truss up there. You know, it's for like, uh, we're going to have like a little mobile stage in here. So at the Experience Center, we're going to have like little little things from time to time. So by then we'll have like a little stage that we can bring in. Sweet. And some lights. We can't do the... uh, the hazer to smoke because it sets off the sprinklers apparently and you need to have like the fire department come and... I mean, the sprinklers can be part of the show too. It could be. could be. I mean... Yeah. It could go wrong. That's that'd be like totally eighties, right? Like everybody's wet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Dancing in puddles and stuff. I don't know. That sounds like an eighties music video. Yeah, that sounds like a bad nightmare <laughs> in some ways. You know, so we'll come back to shore now, I guess. Yeah. So now you're you're managing a region. Sales. So you're our sales manager here. Yeah, sales for manager. the pro division. So so uh you've gone you went from market development to 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 which is sales, but uh you know, supporting the sales department. So how you, how you liking it? It's It's been interesting because... Oh, that's right. I started right... I took over this position or took this position up right before the pandemic hit. So yeah. it's been great though. You know, part of the benefit of my position is that I was actually able to hire, you know, someone to take over my old position. And the people I worked with were all awesome. Like my, the other market development, you know, Ben and Jen, and we hired Jason, who was actually on one of your other podcasts. Yeah. I, we've got an, an just an amazing team. We're, yeah. We really do. So, and an amazing boss, Mr. Rick Renner. Yes, and Mr. Yeah. Rick Renner. Like I can't, I can't not acknowledge Mr. Rick. I did talk about him earlier. Yeah, so. yeah. I've worked with Renner for a long time. So, uh, great guy. He's my favorite person in the world. Yes, he's my favorite. But now, if I say that, then like Kevin Smith's gonna be like, why, why am I not your favorite? Or Joe DeFalco, or, or you know, one of the others, Raleigh Bowman. I've got a, I've got, I've got a lot of, you've got the one to please, you know? Yes. But I've, yeah. We've got bunches. We've yes. got bunches. So uh, I love them all. I love them oh, all. They're all amazing in yeah. their own ways. Well, I think Shore has got a, a talent for hiring amazing people. They've got a great team actually. Yeah. We're probably the best we've worked with. It's, it's a, it's a great group of people. I'm truly 100% fortunate yeah. that I get to work with a lot. Uh, most, most of them. And, um, on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people may not know, especially, you know, people that aren't connected directly to shore, but it's a lot of fun to work there. So we're talking about having like a little stage here, but you guys do that somewhat regularly where you've got music going on and people playing music at lunchtime and, yeah, you know. We, we, we actually don't have any offices. It's just stages and we just go and play music all day long. Yeah. 
That's great. Uh, That's the way it should be. No, but it's seriously, know, we have, uh, when things are normal uh, and we're not in a pandemic. That's true. We've got um, in Niles where the, the headquarters is, uh, mm-hmm. just outside of Chicago, we do uh, what's called Eat to the Beat. So all these little mini bands will form within the company and uh, they'll work together over a few weeks and, and come up with a few songs to play during lunch. Uh, and then the company brings a you know an ice cream cart out, and they're just giving people ice cream. That's and, nice. And you know, three or four bands will get up and play a few songs. They put a big PA up, and it's a lot of fun. It, it really is a hoot. Just because you you end up playing with people you didn't even know. I mean, I've turned around and said, I didn't know that person even sang. Like, and they're up there, you know, dressed uh, the part of whatever they're, you know, recreating yeah. up on stage, and uh, uh, you know, just singing away. And it's like, wow, I had no idea. So it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, if I ever retire from Mainline or sell Mainline, I'm going to come and work, but for sure. But I, I'm not going to live in Chicago though. <laughs> I like the idea of Chicago. I like the idea of living in a big city. I love big cities. Yeah. But uh, I, as long as it's just in the summer only. In summer only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can. Well, you can keep your place here and yeah. and get a place in Chicago, and you just go back and forth. Go back and yeah. forth. That's yeah. Maybe you can talk to the. Higher How ups, that be? yeah. Just see if they can make that work for me. Just let me know when you want to throw your hat in the ring. <laughs> Good deal. I think that's cool. Thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think it was a great conversation. I think uh, I hopefully like I somebody talked a lot. I it, was there really? A, I mean, the trail conversation was only been like towards the end there. It's like I think I talked. Too well, much. we can keep, we can keep talking if you want. No, I just, I've got all night. I, I feel like I just talked too much. No, no, much. that's what it is. It's like that's why the microphone's in front of you. Thanks, Neil. Like, yeah yeah so no it's all great it's good it's really good so uh i enjoyed it so now we're gonna um you know we might have another beverage here and then and then pop off to dinner we might even get some chili Ooh, at, at the wendy's or that could be an appetizer so we get because oh. i don't think it's a dollar anymore by the way probably i think it's like five i don't know i don't think they have a dollar menu anymore well thanks again for coming thanks for having enjoyed me. having you here and uh Hope uh, you all join us on the next Sound Connections podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.